0: I want to focus on the Apostle Paul's sentence in verse 5 of our scripture from Romans. And he says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That God's love poured into our hearts is not the same as God's love proven in our mind. The longest distance in the world is 47 centimeters. In old language, that's 18 inches. That's the distance from your head to your heart. That's also the distance from heaven to hell. God's love poured into your heart is a real heart experience this morning of being loved by God. God's love proven into your mind is the conclusion of an argument with or without the sweetness of feeling loved by God in your heart. So this morning, on this Trinity Sunday, I want you all to know this sweetness. I want you to enjoy this gift. I want you to travel that 47 centimetres from head to heart and enjoy the outpouring of the love of God in your hearts. Now you can know in your head things from arguments however these things that that, that you do not experience, these things you do not experience in your heart from the spirit of god for example you might argue the bible says for god so loved the world john 3:16 well i'm a part of the world therefore god loves me that's one way of knowing that you are loved by God. Or you might go further and say, Christ told his disciples, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. In John fifteen thirteen, I am one of his friends because I follow him and keep his commandments. John fifteen fourteen. Therefore Christ loves me with the greatest love. This is a way of knowing in your head that you are loved, but that is not what Romans five5 5 is talking about this morning. Romans 5:5 5, 5 says, "Hope does not put us to shame because god's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is a spirit-given experience of god 's love, not a logical inference from an argument. it is something that is poured out. It is something felt in our heart. It is something only known in the way that the heart knows. And notice the magnitude of the role that this experience of the love of God is to have in our lives. In the foundation of how, we, of how you and I can be sure that our hope will not be put to shame. Do you see the word because in verse 5? Hope does not put us to shame because. To find out how this because works, we need to ask, how might hope put us to shame? There's two ways your hope can put you to shame. Number one, your experience of hope might be fake. You say your hope is in God but it's not real. Maybe your hope is in your comfort. It's in your health. It's in your prosperity. It's in your power. Secondly, our experience of hope might be real, but then it's proven in the end to be built on shifting sands. And you think God's really, God really doesn't love you or there's no God after all. Well, firstly, Paul shows how God helps us with the first threat To our hope in verse 3. God puts us through the fires of suffering to refine our hope, to wean us off our worldly comforts, to wean us off our self reliance, to wean us off prosperity and power. He does this to prove to our conscience that we really do hope in God and not in this world. Verse 3 says, Not only that, But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that the sufferings produce endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. When you come through a trial, and you can say, I'm real. My faith did not fail. My hope survived the fire. It's all real. And that's the first way God saves us from our hope being put to shame. Secondly, the threat to our hope is not that the experience of hope might be fake, but that the object of hope itself might be fake. Maybe God really doesn't love us. Maybe there is no God. And we Christians, we look absolutely foolish because our hope is going to turn out to be a mirage. That is what Paul addresses in the last part of verse 5. He says that... It's not going to happen. Hope does not put us to shame. And why is that? How can he say that to us? Paul gives us, or Paul gives the foundational reason. And amazingly, Paul travels the 47 centimetres from head to heart. Paul does not make an argument for the head. He describes an experience of the heart. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. If you are a follower of Jesus this morning, you are not going to come to the end and find out your hope has all been a sham. You are not going to be put to shame. And how do we know this? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts. Something happens in the heart. And you really know this is the kind of knowing you can die for. My hope this morning is not in vain. And so I want to look at four things about this experience from this text. We know, first of all, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Whatever else we say about this experience... Let this be said this morning. It is not with any certainty the work of human hands, but the work of God. It is supernatural. It is not in our power. It is not the product of mere circumstances. It is not owing to a good family origin. It is owing precisely and and, and only to the Holy Spirit. You you, You do not make it happen, the Holy Spirit makes it happen it is his work and there is something deeply wrong when we have come so become so naturalistic so humanistic and so subjectively repressed that we think a person with a traumatic and abusive background cannot know the love of god experientially we give the impression that knowing the love of god is really a matter of good upbringing It's a matter of a a healthy family origin, a loving father rather than an abusive father, a loving mother rather than an abusive mother. And if something so merely human can and must be the source of this supernatural experience of the Spirit's outpouring, then it's not so. It's not so. The authentic experience of feeling loved by God is the work of God, not the work of being well adjusted. Personally, It has been my experience that those who struggle with their sense of well-being, those who come from broken family, those who are beyond all natural and humanistic expectations, they are the ones who often truly taste the love of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the first thing to notice about this experience. The love of God (coughs) is given to us supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. It's not by human means, it's not by ourselves, it's not by any pedigree that we have, it's only by the work this morning of the Holy Spirit. Another way to say it is that this Spirit-worked experience, and it is an experience this morning, is given to us by the Spirit through historical facts. There is a knowledge component to this experience. And there is a real fact behind the knowledge. Notice the connection between verse 5 and verses 6 to 8. Verse 5 says that the experience of uh, God's love is poured out through the Holy Spirit. Then verse 6 is connected to this statement with the word for. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And then in verses 7 to 8, Paul unfolds for us the historical and the objective fact that Christ died for helpless, ungodly sinners. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us, in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And notice in verse 8 how he makes it crystal clear what he's saying in relation to the experience of verse 5, God shows his love for for us. Remember, in verse 5, God's love is poured out into our hearts. And in verse 8, it is shown to us. Now let us think about that for a moment. Is the love of God shown to us historically in the death of Jesus Christ For us to study and think about and and, and know as an object fact. Or is the love of God poured out into our hearts experientially by the Holy Spirit? And of course the answer is we can't break those two things apart. We dare not choose between them or make them opposite to each other. The love of God is experienced in the heart and the love of God is demonstrated to us in history. There is a fact And there is a feeling. There is knowledge in the head. And there is the affection in the heart. There is truth. And there is spirit. And the key question is, how are they related? On the basis of the relation between verses 5 and verses 6 to 8. And that is, the Holy Spirit takes the historical facts of Christ's death and opens the eyes of our heart to see the all-satisfying divine beauty of the love of God. And therefore the Spirit helps us travel the longest distance in the world, the distance from head to heart, that gruelling 47 centimetres. And thus, by the spiritual side of God's love in the work of Christ, He pours that love into our hearts. It's not an experience like electricity. It's a meditated experience. It has factual content and therefore when it comes it isn't some vague new age out of body experience or some hypnotic state or some ecstatic condition produced by emptying your head. Quite the opposite. It is being filled with the glory and the love of God shown in the God-man Christ Jesus, who died because of our sins and rose again on the third day for our justification. All Christ's followers have this experience in some measure. Verse 5 says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Notice the hour... And the us are the same group. The same group of people who receive the Holy Spirit also have the love of God poured into their hearts. But to whom has the Holy Spirit been given? And he answers in Romans chapter 8, verse 9. It says, But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. Since the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Here he uses three terms. Spirit, Spirit of God, and Spirit of Christ. It's the same Spirit. It's not different spirits. It's the same Spirit. Then notice what he says in verse 9b, at the end of verse 9. He says, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. That means that all Christ followers have the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. Therefore, all Christ followers have at least tasted The outpouring of God's love in their heart. Every true Christian knows the love of God. Not just an argument this morning, but as an experience. That is what it means to become a Christian. That is what it means to be born again. And number four, the experience varies from time to time. And person to person. And can be pursued in ever full emissions but at the end of verse 5 it says God's love has been poured into the hearts of the, through the holy spirit who has been given to us now look at the difference between the tense is there between the tense says has been poured into and has been given to us the second one means the spirit has been given to us once and for all at salvation but the first one means it can keep on happening. So we can receive the Spirit at conversion once and for all, but the outpourings of God's love can come again and again and again. Let's consider 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5, where it says, May the Lord direct your hearts into, the, into, into God's love and Christ's perseverance. So Paul prays that God would do something now for the Thessalonians. What does he want God to do now? He wants God to direct their hearts. This is a remarkable phrase this morning. The heart has directions. It moves towards one thing and another. When the heart moves towards something, it moves towards what it regards as attractive and satisfying and valuable. So Paul is praying that God would give their hearts sight, that they would see the love of God as more attractive, as more satisfying, as more valuable than ordinary earthly things. May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. Paul is praying for an experience of God's love, which means this experience can rise and fall. It can be greater than or lesser and the, great, the greater desire is and my prayer is for you all that it is the greater so let me close with a summary hope does not put hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God will not let us down. He will not let your hope be proved empty. He won't let you be put to shame. To that end, He pours His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. He gives you a real, authentic experience of His love. Not just an argument of His love, but an experience. And He tells us four things about this experience. Firstly, this experience of the love of God is poured out through the Holy Spirit. It is not our doing. It is not your doing. It is supernatural. Second, this experience is given by the Spirit through opening the eyes of our heart to the self-authenticating glory, beauty and worth of His love in the historic death of His Son, Jesus Christ. The death of His Son for us. Verse 8 says, But God shows in present tense His love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And thirdly, this experience comes to every Christian in some measure. There are no Christians who merely believe by argument and not by experience. Those who believe by argument are called, what are they called, Natalie? Religious people, aren't they? Religious people. We have to make that 47 centimetre journey. This is what it means to be born again. You have tasted and seen the glory of God in Christ crucified. And fourthly, this experience varies from time to time and person to person and can be and should be pursued in ever fuller measures. And so my prayer for everyone here this morning is that the Lord would direct your hearts into the experience of this love of God. So please pray with me. Thank you, Lord, loving Father, for your unconditional and unchangeable love. You have poured your love so abundantly and generously into my heart. Enable me to show forth your love in my life so that others will come to a knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And I pray this in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.